Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets, including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the domestic markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, this here is episode number 90 and as mentioned previously, to celebrate the first anniversary of the Market Color podcast, I am in the process of writing a book that is focused on fundamental analysis and this will help our listeners to develop a better understanding of the global financial markets and in particular how economic data influences asset prices. A quick progress update, the publisher has now commenced on a comprehensive edit of the book which they have indicated will take about 30 days. Therefore, Keep it locked right here and I will continue to keep you posted on the progress. And now to this week's podcast where we are reviewing the performance of the global markets during the second week of 2024. That is from Monday the 8th to Friday the 12th of January. And without further ado, this is your host Jamuhuri. And together, let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United States, where according to the Labor Department, the prices that consumers pay for a variety of goods and services rose more than expected in the month of December, which shows that inflation is still holding a grip on the U.S. economy. The Consumer Price Index increased by 3.4% on an annual basis vis-à-vis expectations for an increase of 3.2%, whilst on a monthly basis, the Consumer Price Index increased by 0.3%. Excluding volatile food and energy prices, the Core Consumer Price Index rose by 3.9% on an annual basis, which was a tad bit higher than the estimate of 3.8%. And over in China, customs data showed that China's annual exports fell for the first time in seven years in 2023, even as shipments in December beat expectations. In U.S. dollar terms, exports in December declined by 2.3% on an annual basis, whilst imports declined by 0.2% over the same period. 
according to the data for the full year 2023, exports fell by 4.6%, which was the first such annual decline since 2016. Similarly, imports declined by 5.5% over the past year. China's trade with its major partners declined in 2023 as demand for Chinese goods fell on the back of slower global economic growth. In the U.S. stock market, on Friday, the Dow Jones Industrial Average slipped as traders analyzed the first batch of fourth quarter earnings as well as the producer inflation report that came out on Friday morning. Investors got some encouraging news on inflation as wholesale prices unexpectedly declined by 0.1% in December. This data comes after the more widely followed consumer price index, which came in modestly hotter than expected, with prices up by 3.4% from one year ago. The 30 stock Dow lost 118 points to close at 37,592, whilst the S&P 500 ended the day higher by just 0.08%, at 4,783, and the tech-heavy Nasdaq closed just about flat, gaining 0.02% to settle at 14,972. For the week, the major averages recorded gains as the Dow added 0.34%, whilst the S&P advanced by 1.84%, and the Nasdaq was the outperformer for the week as it rose by 3.09%. In the U.S. bond market, Treasury yields declined on Friday as investors digested the latest U.S. inflation reports to determine whether the Fed will indeed cut interest rates as soon as expected. Many investors are betting that the Federal Reserve will cut rates much more than expected this year, with the first rate cut expected as early as March. Markets are now pricing in about a 68% chance that the first rate cut will indeed take place in March. The yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury bond, which has been hovering around the 4% mark, ticked lower by 3 basis points to 3.946%, whilst the yield on the policy-sensitive 2-year Treasury note declined by nearly 11 basis points to trade at 4.155%. And for your information, bond yields and prices move in opposite directions and 1 basis point is equal to 0.01%. In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil rose after Britain and the United States carried out military attacks in Houthi-controlled areas in Yemen as tensions in the Middle East continued to escalate. The Houthi freedom fighters have been attacking ships in the Red Sea in retaliation for the war in Gaza that has so far killed nearly 23,000 Palestinians. 
both benchmarks spiked more than 4% on Friday morning but pulled back later in the session with Brent crude settling at $78.29 a barrel whilst the U.S. benchmark West Texas Intermediate Crude closed the week at $72.68 per barrel. Meanwhile, Marbon Oil, which Kenya imports, declined to $77.49 per barrel, and this was down from $78.83 the previous week. In the precious metals market, an increase in geopolitical risk pushed the price of gold to a one-week high on Friday as escalating tensions in the Middle East fueled safe haven buying of the precious yellow metal. At the same time, softer U.S. producer prices boosted bets that the Federal Reserve might cut interest rates sooner than expected, which was also positive for gold. Bullion was mostly flat during the week, but extended its run above $2,000 to nearly one month. Eventually, spot gold was up 1% to close the week at $2,048 per ounce. And in the cryptocurrency market, Bitcoin rose on Thursday after the Securities and Exchange Commission gave the green light for the first ever spot Bitcoin ETF to trade in the United States. And for your information, ETF stands for Exchange Traded Fund. The ETF approval is a landmark victory for the crypto industry, which first sought to launch a Bitcoin ETF more than 10 years ago. The Bitcoin ETFs are expected to drive up demand for Bitcoin, which explains why the price of Bitcoin briefly surged above $49,000 on Thursday. And according to CoinMetrics, despite all the initial excitement about the ETF, the price of Bitcoin still fell by 5.8% on Friday to close the week at $43,830 per coin. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets and we start by looking at economic growth projections where the World Bank has projected that Kenya's economy grew at a faster rate of 5.2% in 2023. This growth was boosted by increased private sector investment as government reduced its borrowing from the domestic market. According to the latest Global Economic Prospects, which is a World Bank report, growth in Kenya is projected to strengthen to 5.4% in 2024 and 5.7% in 2025. And in the domestic foreign exchange market, the Kenya shilling continued to depreciate versus the major international currencies as well as the regional currencies. And according to data obtained from the Central Bank of Kenya, the official exchange rate for the U.S. dollar was quoted at 159.85 compared to 157.39 the previous week. 
However, in the interbank market, commercial banks were selling the US dollar at between 162 shillings on the lower side to above 165 shillings on the higher side. And for the first time in the country's history, the sterling pound was priced at above 200 shillings and was trading at 204.04 and the euro was valued at 175.50. And on the regional front, one Kenya shilling was changing hands for 23.77 Ugandan shillings and 15.73 Tanzanian shillings and to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 7.91. In the past year, that is 2023, the shilling depreciated by about 27% versus the US dollar. And given this current trend, I expect that the shilling will continue to depreciate for the foreseeable future, and this is mainly due to the country's excessive national debt, which now stands at above 70% of the gross domestic product and consumes about 65% of total revenue collections. And what that means is that for every one shilling that Kenya Revenue Authority collects, 65 cents will go towards debt repayment. On foreign exchange reserves during the past week, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves increased by $54 million to $6.829 billion, which is equivalent to 3.65 months of import cover. This level of reserves is in breach of the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. And in spite of the continuous funding received from both the World Bank and the IMF, Kenya's foreign exchange reserves remain under intense pressure, and this is mainly due to the increased costs of servicing our external debt obligations, which has pushed the country to the precipice of a sovereign debt default. In the money market, the liquidity situation in the interbank market improved slightly during the past week as the average interbank rate declined by 55 basis points to 13.52%. The excess reserves held by commercial banks in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement, this increased marginally from 14.2 billion shillings the previous week to 14.6 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active as the average interbank rate declined from 14.07% the previous week to 13.52%. And the average value that was traded in the interbank market increased from 19.3 billion shillings the previous week to 22.8 billion shillings. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 11th of January, and the central bank received bids totaling a whopping 57.9 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings 
representing a styling performance of 241%. Interest rates on all the three tenors increased marginally as the bulk of the bids, totaling about 44.5 billion shillings, were concentrated at the short end of the yield curve, where the 91-day rate inched up by 8.6 basis points to 16.14%, whilst the 182-day rate rose by about 9.6 basis points to 16.18%, and the 364-day rate clawed up by 11 basis points to settle at 16.39%. For your information, one basis point is equivalent to 0.01% and therefore 100 basis points is equal to one percentage point. Please note that as interest rates continue to rise, investors remain focused at the short end of the yield curve because they can easily reinvest their funds at a higher rate every 91 days. In the primary bond market, the Treasury bond auction for the month of January was held on Wednesday this past week, and the central bank received bids totaling 37.1 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 35 billion shillings, representing a performance rate of 106%. The results of the auction were as follows. For the first bond, which was a new bond issue, reference number FXD1 stroke 2024 stroke 03 with a duration of three years, the central bank accepted 22 billion shillings at a weighted average rate of 18.38%, which will be the coupon for this new bond. The second was a reopened bond, that is FXD1 stroke 2023 stroke 05, with 4.7 years left to maturity, and the central bank accepted 2.9 billion shillings at a weighted average rate of 18.76%, vis-a-vis the coupon rate for this bond, which is at 16.844%. And in the international markets, during the past week, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds were on a downward trajectory and declined by an average of 33 basis points, as the yield on the 10-year eurobond, which matures in June 2024, decreased the most by 80 basis points, from 15.5% recorded the previous week to 14.7%. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange during the past week, the equities market recorded a mixed performance with the NASI gaining by 0.3%, whilst the NSC25, the NSC20, and the NSC10 all declined by 0.3%. This takes a year-to-date performance to gains of 1.2%, for both the NSC25 and the NSC10, and 0.9% for the NASI, and 0.3% for the NSC20. The market's performance was driven by gains recorded by large-cap stocks, such as Safarico, which increased by 2.2%, whilst Stanbic Bank and Equity Group 
both increased by 0.4%. Uh, these gains were, however, weighed down by losses recorded by other large cap stocks such as Bamburi, Diamond Trust Bank, and Absa Bank, which declined by 6.7%, 3.8%, and 3% respectively. Up next is the topical issue for this week, and this week we are looking at the potential losses facing investors in Kenyan government securities. Holders of government securities are staring at massive losses as the value of their bond portfolios takes a nosedive as interest rates continue to rise with no end in sight. For your information, bond yields and prices have an inverse relationship, which means that as interest rates rise, the price of bonds decline. Institutional investors such as commercial banks and pension funds, which hold huge bond portfolios, are now looking at massive losses on their balance sheets. Over the past one year, interest rates have been consistently rising at every bond auction and the latest auction was no exception as the sale of the three and five year bonds came out at above 18% for both securities. Commercial banks have been cutting down on their holding of government securities, specifically those held for their trading book and this is in order to reduce the exposure to mark-to-market losses resulting from falling bond prices. Additionally, banks have also been reducing the purchase of new bonds for the same reason. An analysis of Tier 1 banks as at the 30th of June 2023 shows that six of the top nine banks have trimmed their holdings of tradable government securities. Standard Chartered Bank marked the largest reduction in tradable securities at about 31 billion shillings, followed by Absa Bank, which cut its exposure by about 9 billion shillings. And for most retail investors who may not be aware of the relationship between interest rates and the value of their bond portfolios, my advice to you is to hold on to your bond until maturity and as much as possible resist the temptation to sell your bond at this particular time as this could result in significant capital losses. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening and supporting the Market Color Podcast. I hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. I really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color Podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, as well as Amazon Music. Please consider subscribing so that you can be notified every time I publish a new episode. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U. 
H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support and I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a blessed and fantastic week ahead. And remember, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just do it and then make it better as you go. Think about it. Thank you and God bless.